0: Hi, and welcome to the Pool Guy podcast show. In this episode, I'm going to go over a list of things that you probably want to avoid doing to kind of set precedents in your pool route and some things that could cause liability, of course, on your route. So I'm going to go over a list of things that you want to probably avoid doing in your pool service business. Pool Service Pro. Open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's Referral Program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. I think one thing that you have to keep in mind is that people can be easily offended for many different reasons. They can be offended with a political view that you may have, they can be offended by the way you talk. They can be offended by just about anything you do out there. So keep that in mind whenever you're conversing with the customer that you want to stay as neutral as possible. One thing that really offends customers, and I'm not sure exactly why this is, it's just something that I've noticed over the years, is billing errors or misbilling somebody or not informing the customer of a charge that's going to occur on their bill. And this seems to rub people more so than any other kind of offense that you can create or you can be you know, uh, guilty of committing, and that is billing a customer incorrectly. I remember a clear example of this. This was way, way back in the day when I first started. I was working for a pool company, and the wife was doing the billing, and she had sent out a bill to a customer. This customer was a super nice lady, very friendly, very good customer, but she received a bill from the office for 25 cents. This is not a joke, this is exactly what she received. The stamp back then was probably very similar to the actual bill itself, and so mailing this out was just not smart, but the level of offense that this customer took from getting a bill for 25 cents was off the charts. It was almost like she received a letter or something full of like racial slurs or something, but it was a 25 cent charge and she was not forgiving this incident. She was no longer friendly to me when I did the pool and she was very upset at the office. And so then I pretty much lost all my brownie points there. Whenever there was a problem, she would just be on it. And this little 25 cents charge changed her personality completely. And so keep that in mind when you are billing the customers that one billing error can set a precedent and kind of ruin that relationship. It's hard it's hard to imagine that would do it, but to me I think the biggest offense to people is when you bill them for something that they didn't think was necessary or you build them wrong or you gave them a charge for something like 25 cents when they're a good paying customer and I'm not sure exactly what it was I know it was a clerical error and it was you know they apologized profusely but the damage was done already so be extremely cautious when you're billing the bill correctly not make any of these mistakes because people take really really strong offense to being I'm not sure what exactly it is, but that's just one of the things that I've noticed over the years. So be really careful with that. Another thing is to not kind of be codependent out there and being super nice all the time. I know that's part of business, but you are running a business and so you have to also have really strong boundaries with customers. And here's a good example of this. You get to a service account where the customer locks their gate because they're one of those super paranoid customers. Everyone has one of these people on their route where they don't trust you with the gate combo. They don't trust you with the key. And they tell you that they're going to have the gate unlocked every week when you get there for your service. It's kind of annoying because then you have to kind of text the customer if you're going to come a day that is not your normal service day. You can't just stop by that pool for something because they they have the gate locked all the time. And so the customer forgets to unlock the gate one day. You show up there. And they say, oh, I'm so sorry, I forgot to unlock it. Can you come by tomorrow? Now, for the first instance of this, you may want to make an exception and say, sure, I can come by, you know, in two days when I'm back in the area, but just be aware that the next time I have to do this because you forgot to unlock the gate, there's going to be a service charge of so-and-so amount, or I'm going to have to just skip that week and bill you for that week because that's something that... You're supposed to do. I mean, you say this in a nice way, of course. I'm just unpacking this as quickly as possible here. But basically, you're going to summarize saying that their responsibility, that you took the account, is to leave the gate unlocked. They didn't do it. And so you'll make one courtesy return. But in the future, it's going to cost money to come back, or they're going to just be billed for that week, and you're not going to service the pool. If you're the kind of person without those strong boundaries and you say, sure, I'll come back in two days but you don't have the other end of this equation where you're laying down the law, so to speak, saying that you're going to charge for it or you're going to charge them and not come back if it happens again, then chances are this is going to happen two or three more times. And you're going to build this pattern with this customer that you can't break at that point. So if you've done this three or four times and then you start telling the customer, so from now on, I'm going to have to start billing you every time I have to come back if the gate's locked or I'm going to charge you. And uh, just skip that week when the gates lock. They're going to be a little upset with you because you can't really set boundaries later in a situation like this. You have to set it right away. They'll come back with something like, Well, you used to come by all the time and do it the next day or the day after. It should be no big deal. What's the problem? And it's kind of like if you have a teenager and you never set boundaries and then they're out late and finally you're like, All right, you can't go out past 11 o'clock, but you let them go out past 11 o'clock for the last six months, that's not going to go over well. And the same thing with the customer where you didn't set boundaries at the beginning and then you want to set boundaries later. It becomes very difficult to do that. So at the onset of a customer like this that's maybe super paranoid and locks their gate, you want to make sure that you set that boundary that if you're there on the service day, the gate's locked, you're going to charge them for that stop and come back the next week. Or if they want you to come back in a day or two, you're going to charge them a return visit fee for that service to come back there. So it's important to set those boundaries ahead of time and not later. You want to get in a habit of doing that. The same thing if the customer wants you to stop by because their automatic cleaner is not moving. And this is something that's kind of weird too. Customers are sometimes obsessed about their automatic cleaner. You probably have a few of these on your route where they go out there every day and make sure it's moving, make sure it's working. And when it's not moving, they'll call you and leave you a message. They'll say something like, I I noticed that my creepy crawly is not moving in the pool. If you have some time this week to stop by and check it, I know you were here yesterday, but if you can come by and check it to see what's going on, I would really appreciate it. Or they'll call it the navigator or something. They'll never call it like what it actually is because they only have like two cleaners that they know, the creepy crawly or the navigator. And this is something that you want to set a boundary for because you're not going to go back every time the cleaner is not working. And if you set a precedent of stopping by because you can you have a tight route, you can stop by and check it. But you want to make sure you let the customer know that, you know, sometimes the cleaner will get a rock in there or get clogged with leaves. If you want to pull it to the side and check it, you're welcome to do that. But if I have to come back to check the cleaner, there's going to be a service call. I'll do it the first time as a courtesy, but just be aware that there's going to be a service call fee for that. And a good way to remind them, and this is from one of my members that does this, he's Carl in Sacramento Pool Ninja, he'll send them a bill with the amount of the cost of that. So let's say his technician went back out there to check on the cleaner, he would send the customer a bill for $85.00. But then zero it out so that they know that there would have been a charge of $85 for that service call. But since it's a courtesy, it's going to be zero. And they're going to remember that because they're going to remember they got an invoice for it. It was zeroed out this time. But the next time, there's going to be a charge of $85 if they come out for that. And this is to eliminate the nicky-nack stuff. Now, I'm not talking about the big stuff. Like for instance, if a customer calls and say, Hey, I think my equipment's leaking and they send you a picture and it is like a severe leak, you got to go out there and take care of that. Or if they see like a dead rat at the bottom and these are customers that swim a lot in their pool and need the pool ready, then you're going to go out there and take the rat out and do the full shock treatment for, you know, the rodent being in there. Things like that are acceptable. They don't happen all the time and I wouldn't necessarily charge to go out there in those situations Because that's more like a courtesy of business. But it's the little things where they call you for that are kind of irritating. Like, oh, if you can stop by and change my time clock so that the pool comes on at at noon and turns off at 8. Because now it's coming on at 10 in the morning and it's going off at 4, whatever they they want you to change the timer for. That's a Nicky knack thing, I think, to go out there and change the settings on a timer. That can usually wait to your next service call. And if they can't wait, then you should charge them for something like that. So, these are boundaries you need to set early on in your service to avoid those particular incidents. The other thing for liability issues is if the customer doesn't fill up their pool, fill their pool up on a regular basis with water, you get there every week, it's always low on water, the skimmer sucking air. If you take it into your hands to start filling the pool up, chances are one of these times you're going to leave the water on, you're going to be at home at night eating dinner, and then you're going to be just sitting there thinking. And then you're going to remember, oh, I don't think I turned the hose off at that account. And you're going to be kind of like sweating it out, worried about it, concerned about it so much that you're going to get in your truck and drive over there. And sure enough, water is running down the driveway because you did not turn the water off. Now, there's a few tricks you can do. You can put your truck keys on the hose spigot on the handle, and that usually is a good trigger for you. When you get to your truck to turn on and you have no keys, hey, I have the water running here. I got to go back in and do it. The only problem with that, it's not fail safe. There's been times where I've done this for realtors and I've done this for homeowners also that are just really lax on filling their pool. I'll have to go to my truck to get something. So I'll take the keys off the hose bib, go to my truck, come back and not put the keys back on there. This could happen to you also. Or you may just forget to put your keys on there one day when you turn the water on. Whatever the case, if that were to flood the backyard, then you are personally liable for that damage. If you have general liability insurance, you'll be covered for it, minus your deductible. But to avoid this to begin with, make sure that it's the customer's responsibility to fill the pool and don't take it upon yourself to fill the pool for the customer. So clearly message them saying, hey, I noticed your pool's low on water. It was low in water last week also. If you can just fill the pool, what I like to do is I like to send them a photo of the pool when it's low. And then I like to point out exactly where the water line should be. And I also mentioned the fact that if the pool were to run dry, it could cause damage to the equipment of anywhere from $300 to $1,000. But it's always good to give them a visual aid of where to put the water because they may not know where the water level should be. So I'll take a picture of the skimmer where the, when the water is low, and then I'll take a, I'll make a red line on the picture and show them where the water level should be every week, and that generally helps them visualize where the water should be. But put that responsibility on the client to fill the pool. You shouldn't be doing that because that creates a major liability issue for you if you don't turn the water off and leave that stop. Plus, you're gonna be dwelling on that and thinking and second guessing yourself if you've turned the water off or not. I've done this before. And sometimes you go back there and you did turn it off, but sometimes you didn't. And so this could happen. I have never flooded a backyard to this day. I've always been really careful. And you want to make sure that you also take that precaution. And the best way to avoid flooding a customer's yard or causing severe damage with the water running over the pool and running out everywhere is not to fill the pool up while you're there. One thing I like to do also when I'm doing some kind of major repair and I need to leave the pool off until I can finish it, is I like turning the main breaker to the pool off. Now, sometimes it's hard to find the main breaker because it's not marked over there by the main panel. Sometimes it's even hard to find the main breaker panel. Sometimes they're in the garage. They may be on the side of the house. They may be in weird locations. In rare cases, they may even be inside the residence. I've had a few where the breakers are in the living room. It's kind of weird but you may have trouble finding the main breaker. But I suggest finding the main breaker and finding the breaker where the pool equipment's on. And you can easily just be flipping breakers. You can have the pool pump on and flip a breaker. If you think that's the pool, go back out there and see if it turned it off. And you can get one of those um, meters where you touch the, the connector. I'm not explaining this correctly or very well. You want to carry one of those volt meters that light up when there's a power source, and let's say the pump's not running or something, or you can't turn it on because there's a leak, you can check the timer with that just to make sure there's no power going there, and then you know you have the correct breaker. The reason I say this is because sometimes you'll turn the time clock off and remove the on-off trippers, or you may put the automated system in service mode, or you may even trip the sub-breakers on the panel. A lot of times the customer will maybe not communicate with their spouse. So if you tell the wife, oh, I'm going to leave your pool off because you have a leak and I have the the timer off or I have the breaker off, the husband may come home. And this has happened many times where he comes home and the pool's not running. And he's like, what's going on here? Why is the pool not running? He'll go over to the equipment, see the time clock is off. He'll turn it on or he'll see the sub breaker is off. He'll flip it back on or he'll take the pool out of service mode and put it back in auto mode. And so one thing I'd like to do is turn off the main breaker to avoid the situation. And then buy the pool equipment. It's very simple. And it's old school, but it's something that you should do because sometimes messages get lost or they don't see them. At least leave a note on the equipment, on the timer, on the automated system, just saying simply, uh, please leave pool off or pools off because there's a leak. I'll come back and fix it and just tell them when you're going to come back on that little note. That saves you trouble of someone turning the pool back on, and you may think, well, this is a little bit of overkill, but I think you want to avoid a problem with the customer turning the pool back on when it shouldn't be on, and this is something to prevent that. Turn off the main breaker if you can find it. If you can't find the main breaker, you can't access it. At least turn the sub breaker off at the equipment or turn the automated system off in a service mode and leave a note explaining why everything is off so that the customer will realize that, hey, you know, the pool's off for a reason. They might have a teenager that wants to use the spa that night, and they'll go and turn everything on and cause a major problem. So it's definitely important to inform the customer, leave that note, and try to kill the main breaker so that this doesn't happen. So I'll usually turn the main breaker off, the sub breaker, And I'll turn the time clock off, of course, take the on-off trippers off if I need to. All of this to make sure the pool is not going to come on by some freak accident, which is basically the customer ignoring all your messages and turning everything back on. That's what I call a freak accident. It's not really an accident. It's just one of those things where it's hard to communicate sometimes what's going on. There may even be language barriers. So you want to make sure that you make it clear that the pool is off for a very important reason. So these are all things that you should be implementing, because if you don't implement them, they're harder to implement later. Some of these are liability issues, of course, like adding water when the customer should be adding water. But I think you have to really set these precedents early and really stick with it, with the boundaries that I mentioned earlier. And of course, when you're doing any kind of major repair, make sure you turn all the breakers off to avoid the situation that could be potentially dangerous or cause, you know, water leaking or something of that nature. And communicate. Communication is the key. Communicate what you expect of the customer, as in filling the pool, what you expect as a customer, as as in leaving the gate open for you. Because I think clear communication does go a long way in short-circuiting a lot of these problems you may have. If you're looking for other podcasts that I've recorded, go to my website, swingprolearning.com, And on the banner, click on that podcast icon, That'll take you to a drop down menu of other podcasts. And if you're interested in the coaching program I offer, you can learn more about that at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Yeah. Real quick. If you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at GetSkimmer backslash guy. Again, that's GetSkimmer backslash guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.